Gone Girls podcast. We interview the people we like and try to get to the bottom of life. The Gone Girls podcast. The Gone Girls podcast show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Gone Girls podcast. My name is Ankara Savone. I'm Shauna Lane. And we've got the owner of Broadway Comedy Club Live from Broadway Comedy Club, Al Martin, everybody. Yes. Today, but we have this whole big studio. And it's beautiful. With four <laughs> microphones, an amplifier, and yet we're broadcasting out of this little blue snowball. Snowball. Yeah. Plan B always. Dreams do come plan true. Yes. Plan yeah. B came through. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us today. I oh, really uh, appreciate it. Uh, yeah. I love for to be here. In. No, yeah. I'm, uh, it's my pleasure. Thanks. It's our pleasure. Well. um... Normally we start with a movie review, but we're not doing movies anymore. Oh, why not? Well, because nobody liked watching the movies, and nobody <laughs> we liked really bad movies. movies. <laughs> this, one, like, this one over there, Amory. <laughs> and I'm sure we would have had very different tastes on movies. <laughs> For sure. Unless you like The Expendables and Rambo and First Blood. We and... didn't get there yet, but we might have. Why, you don't like Rambo? No, I do. Oh, I love Rambo. Oh, yeah. But... It's a great book. No, I didn't know there was a book. Yeah. Do you feel like men and women like different kinds of movies, though? I do, yeah. It's a man-woman thing? Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. In general, but I tend to like dude stuff. Yeah? Yeah, as my boyfriend says that, I'm actually fairly dude-ish. I'm like looking at A. Marie, and I'm like, well, not like her, because she could kick my fucking ass, but... (laughs) My wife kills me with some of the movies. Like what? Like, uh... The, the classic chick flicks, you know, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Best movie and, ever. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. Lifetime Marathons. She has me watch. Hallmark Channel. Oh, I hate, I hate um, movies. Oh, my God. I mean, she just tortures me with this stuff, you know? Yeah. Horrible. I love your wife. I always remember, can I tell us a, a little story? Sure. That I remember about your wife when you... you Choked on the, a potato. Oh yes, yes, story? yes. You choked on a potato, and then didn't you? You had to go to the hospital. I had to go to the hospital. And she said she, and she told us the story here when I was waitressing for you. Here. Oh okay. I think when it was still the improv. I mean, this it was might a have long been. Yeah, yeah. Ago, that was right? about eight, nine years ago. Yes, and she said she was laughing the whole entire time, and then <laughs> she said that they came and they, she was laughing, and they were like, "Why are you laughing? He's choking to death." Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Terrible. I was asking that while I was so. <laughs> Why was I she said they finally got the potato out, and she was like, "How did you ever get that potato down your throat?" That you know what it is. That doctor. Oh you know what it was. First of all, this stupid restaurant, as I'm being wheeled out, is giving me the bill. Oh, my God. I, I'm giving them my Amex car. I can't breathe, right? Oh, my God. Then my wife, they were ready to leave without her, and she's in the back uh, uh, behind the ambulance waving and jumping. And they don't forget me. Don't forget me. <laughs> they finally let her in. But the doctor was so ugly. Oh, God. And he walked in, and he, he, he was... I was so shocked at how ugly this doctor was, I actually spit out the potato, really? and it landed right in his glasses. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she didn't tell us that oh, She didn't tell you that part, huh? Uh, no. no. That's the best part. Author's Tavern, if you must know, in Hoboken. <laughs> Shout out to Arthur. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes. And that's the second time I had an incident there. I had, about three years earlier, I actually had food poisoning from that place. Oh, really? Don't eat shrimp when it's warm. Oh, oh okay. it was it was in the ice, but it was warm. Oh, shrimp cocktail. Yeah, shrimp cocktail warm, cocktail oh, yeah, warm. No. raw shrimp. Ew. Oh, that's not good. Did me in. Oh, twenty four hours of hell. Do you not go oh. to eat there anymore now? I, you know what? I'm a sick person. <laughs> I, I, I like the steak and the potatoes. I really do uh-huh. there. They make it a good way. But my wife tells me if she catches me in there, she'll kill me. Oh, okay. So I have to Stay there every Sunday eating the shrimp. <laughs> no, I won't eat the shrimp, but I've learned a good lesson from that place. You want good steak, go to a steakhouse. You want good seafood, go to a seafood restaurant. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree. True. And there's so many good seafood places yeah. around, you, especially around here. You don't need to, you don't need to go Food to reviews, aren't you going to do that at some point? Oh, my God, time? I would love to do food reviews. First of all, I love to cook, and I love to eat. Okay, so that's two things. Three things. I love to review things. Yeah, so you should be doing that. That's a great new segment for yourself. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not good with food. I hate, yeah. I mean, you know, I like food, but I don't care. I just like eating. You're not it. passionate about no, food. No, I'm not passionate about it. You're one of those it. people, you eat food to survive. Yeah, but like, you have I'll to. eat like crappy food. I, I'm, yeah. I'm not like, you know, like a refined taste or anything like that. Like, I'm give me some fries and a burger. Passionate about yeah, food. Oh, I'm me too. passionate. I love it. I love my food. I love my <laughs> Yelp review on yep. the restaurant. If they yep. screw me over, oh, I'm really? passionate about it. <laughs> I can tell you the best rib place, the best steak place, the best Italian restaurant. Do you cook too? Yes, I love to cook. I'm moving into a new apartment and I'm having this kitchen totally redone for my chef house specifications. Oh my god, I just remembered we have the same birthday. So we would have a lot of the same Ah, characteristics. You're a cancer. Yeah, I'm a cancer. We're both July 6th. July 6th, that's right. Very good. You always forget, but I I remember. Ah, We're both cancers. (laughs) And my boyfriend, he's July 6th too. Are you you kidding? No, yeah. That's freaky. Oh, I didn't know that. What do the horoscopes say? About uh, okay, cancer with a cancer. It's good. It works. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. A lot of a, a lot of <laughs> a lot of sensitivity, though. I yeah. would think. Yes, right? a lot of sensitivity. And my boyfriend is literally like such a dude, and he can fix anything. He fixes all the stuff in our apartment. He can build stuff. He does build stuff for a living. But man, he is sensitive. He he's serious, which is good. It's great. It's great because I'm super sensitive, so yeah. it, it balances out. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's good. It works. And he likes to cook too. I mean, yeah. but I am passionate about cooking. Passionate. Love my cookbooks. Love. I just love, and it makes me feel better. When Do you I watch cook. Chopped on the Food Channel? No, I don't watch cooking channels really? at all because I I don't I don't have enough time to watch the shows that I watch in, on TV and watch cooking channels. Oh, That's a, the reason I don't cook is because of the time it takes to make a meal, to eat the meal, to clean up the dishes. And then by the time I'm done, wait, I'm wait, hungry wait, wait, again. Wait, wait. Why are you doing all that? Don't you have a husband? No, I know, but I'm saying like... He's the, the one that cooks. cooks. He's the one that cooks. He cooks? Yeah, he, ah, cooks. he loves ah, to cook. He likes but, to cook. But like by the time, like halfway through cooking my meal, I'm starving and I'm like, I give up. I'm just going to start eating whatever's already there, even if it's uncooked. I guess that's why I don't cook. Uh, but you're I'm also, impatient. but you're also, you can eat, we ate at a burger place together and she ate like a normal burger and a little bit of the fries. And I got yeah, a double yeah. truffle, I don't know what it was. It was so 
huge, and it was so expensive. I was so embarrassed, but I still ate the whole Well, you thing. don't gain any weight because you're doing those challenges all the time, right? Oh, <laughs> I, I gain all my weight right in my middle, uh, so I have it. But I do, I do work out. You work out. Yeah, I work the, out. But you I, have to have a passion for food to be a good cook, I think. I yeah, think yeah, so. Yeah, 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 I think so. That's why you don't cook. You don't really, you know, no. food to you is survival. Yeah. Well, I got to eat because I, if I don't, I die. God, you know? so if I could take, like, a pill and that was my meal and I go on my nutrients, yeah, I'd do that. Oh, yeah. I feel like it gets in the way. It's, it gets it's in like the way. It's time consuming. Me, like, I got stuff to do. Me picking the restaurant, picking oh. the, the menu for the night that I'm going to cook. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's half my day. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And that, I love grocery That's why shopping. I am the way I am. You know? <laughs> yeah, and I literally work out so that I can eat. Like, right. Yeah. You see, I eat so much yeah. and cook so much, I don't have time for working out. <laughs> no time for that. Right, right, no right. time. Yeah, right, right, right. Not a priority. I made, I made tilapia um, this weekend. For, I, don't, I haven't done a lot with fish, and so I've started doing that. Baked it in the oven with um, chipotle on it. It was freaking delicious. You know what I found is good if you're looking to save on the calories as much as I love olive oil to cook with? Isn't that the best option? Olive yeah, oil? Olive oil, yeah, olive oil, if you're going to use an oil. oil. Coconut oh, oil is also okay. good. But if you really want to keep the calories super low, chicken broth. Really? You can cook with chicken broth. So, like, dump that on the yeah, fish and then the... Yeah, just dump it in the pan. I actually... Use I use chicken broth more for vegetables. Oh, so, I'm vegetables. Oh, so you are cooking your meat and stuff in chicken broth instead of olive oil? No, not my meat. My oh. meat I can do... Uh, I put some pan oh, okay. in the broiler okay. and it cooks fine. Right. But I'm talking about vegetables. Oh, if I You want to saute some vegetables. Oh, all right. Saute uh, broiled tomatoes. Right. I do all of that. I can use the chicken broth, oh. like onions. Yeah. I love to sauté onions yeah, instead me too. of sautéing. Yeah. yeah. So instead of sautéing them in oil, which is a lot of calories, I put them in chicken broth. Save the calories. Oh, interesting. Yes. I like that. We use butter in the South. My mom's Cajun. No, I use butter too. Yeah. My mom, my, but my mom's from the Midwest. I don't, but she likes butter. She's yeah. I, I, I also yeah. um, have found substitutes for, like for potatoes. I love mashed potatoes, but now I take cauliflower. Oh. I mean, and, God, no. No, really? I put cauliflower. Let me tell you, put yeah. cauliflower in the neutral bullet with some garlic powder, salt, and crush it down. It has the same consistency as a mashed potato. I can get into that. Do you like cauliflower in its natural form? No, I hate it. Okay, okay, because I can't. There's got to be a gimmick. Oh, okay, okay. You've got to take the cauliflower, put it in the Nutribullet with the garlic, the salt, a little little butter, and you've got. Oh, my God. And you've got yourself. The consistency of mashed potatoes. Really? If you could make that it. for our next podcast, I would try it. You know what I'll do? I'll make those Delmonico potatoes oh, yeah. that I made at Christmas okay. for the next podcast, but with cauliflower. Have you ever yes. had Delmonico potatoes? No. There, you, you, you cook the potatoes in a pan with cream and butter and, and like chunks of it, and then you cook them with more cream and butter, and then you put a Parmesan... Uh, you can put some parmesan on, on the cali- mashed pot cauliflower, oh, too. Yeah. I'll try it. Okay. And the, uh, one last thing is um, potatoes. If you want French fried potatoes, and you don't want to do the French the frying part, you take a potato, and you slice it up as if they're little French fries, Yeah. put it in the oven. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or you could do that even healthier so with squash. Fries. Squash. Oh, squash or I make I make squash fries, yeah. Uh, yeah, squash I use sweet potato. Sweet potato fries. And now, ladies and gentlemen, that our cooking segment... <laughs> I really, I love cooking. I get totally excited about it. I know, me too. You see me here. I'm like, that's the only thing that perked me up. (laughs) (laughs) I should have made the food. brought something. Um, So, I mean, I guess, you know, some of our questions are, you know, like, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, how you got started or came to where you are. I got started with my mom and my dad. Okay, very nice. Okay. Where were you born now? Yeah. uh, Brooklyn, New York. Oh, all right. Brooklyn, New York. And uh, I stayed in Brooklyn for about 40 years of my life. Okay. I didn't move. And then it was... uh, Native New Yorker. Yeah, Yeah. Native New Yorker. And um, (laughs) I I assume you say how I got started in comedy. Well, just, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I'd love to know that. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully I never asked you. Uh, Basically, um, I uh, started out like everybody, open mics. Yeah. And... uh, What made you decide, like, I want to try an open mic? I was one? dating an open mic comedian. Oh! oh you meet her? I I met her totally. I met her in a bar. At a bar. Yeah. And and she's like, I do comedy. Yeah, exactly. I do comedy. Oh, wow. I love comedy. I said. <laughs> so she goes. Perhaps you want to watch me play? She was a heavy smoker. Uh, no, she's not in comedy anymore. Oh, she's okay. actually married and living in Florida now. But um, she, <laughs> she she goes to me. Um, I'm going to be doing comedy at a place called Pips on Wednesday night, open mic night. I go, okay, I'll go. You know? So I watched her, and she was absolutely horrific. But she asked me, how, how did I do? How did I, you know how women ask the question. How do I look? How do I look? How do I look? Do you like this outfit? Do you like my new haircut? Now, always the man dilemma. Do I tell the truth because she wants me to be honest? Yeah. Or do I lie through my ass because, you know, the honesty is not what she wants to hear. Right. So I took the typical guy way out. I lied, you nice. know. And I said, oh, you're very funny. She goes, no, come on, really? I go, yeah, you know, you're really funny. Cut the bullshit. Tell me what you really think. Okay, you sucked. What? And we wound up in a two-hour fight. Oh. She's insulting me, and then from being from Brooklyn, I'm insulting back. So we're going at it. After about an hour and a half of this, she goes, you know, you're very funny. <laughs> so now my competitive spirit is up. Yeah. And I said, well, if you can do an open mic, I'm going to do one next week. And I went up on... At next, Pips. At Pips. Weekly. 1988-89. Oh, yeah. Andrew Dice Clay was working on his HBO special at the time. It's my turn to go up. They're getting ready to call me. All of a sudden, Dice walks in. And it's about 12 o'clock at night. And he wants to rehearse his 45 minutes. So I got bumped for Dice. He does his 45 minutes. Then the MC goes, crushes the room. Everybody runs to the bar to hang out with him. The MC comes up and goes, we got a really... I forgot his name, a big guy. (laughs) Give him a round of applause. The only one applauding is the girl I was dating. <laughs> Within two minutes, she was sleeping. Nobody was listening to me. Oh, and like an idiot, I decided I'm going to change my entire act and be dirty oh, for dice. You know, impress. In my delusional mind, my right. first time ever on stage, I'm going to impress Dice Clay, right? Of course, of course. Well, meanwhile, it was a disaster. And Dice... Um, 
stared at me, as did whoever was at the bar because it was so quiet. And then I left. But you know what? It was a weird time in life. Things weren't going well for me, you know, financially and this and that. And I said, you know what? I like the community of people I met tonight. So I came back the following week, and then they told me about other open mics. I started going. And the next thing I know, I was going every week. And the problem was I couldn't get any stage time. Because, you know, the deal, they don't, yeah. nobody yeah. wants to give you stage time when you're new. So I found this little bar on 42nd and Lexington called Houlihan's. Okay. And it was right across the street from Grand isn't Central. Is still there? Isn't Houlihan's still around? I think they're gone. Um, that Williams. one is gone. Oh, okay. And I decided, I talked the manager into letting me do comedy in the room downstairs on Saturday nights. They weren't using it for anything. And I went across the street to Grand Central Station and I would bark. You know, tourists coming in for a night in the city. Comedy tonight, across the street. Comedy tonight, comedy tonight. And the next thing I know, I get 50, 60 people in the room every week. Wow. One, one night we showed up, and we mixed the show with a couple of bringer comics at the time. The guy says, no more Haitian manager. No more comedy tonight, you know, whatever. And I go, why not? He goes, we had a reggae show here last night, and there was a riot. Oh, and no. Hands does not want any outside produced shows. This, I said, this is stand-up comedy. It's not a dance club. Yeah. So he goes, no. Oh, God. So now I had to run out. I ran out onto 2nd Avenue. Oh, my God. I found this bar. And it had a sign on it that said, New York Comedy Club. <laughs> really? Really. It was being operated by Barry Katz. Okay. Barry Katz, yeah. last wow. comic standing fame. Barry, yeah. Uh, um... Uh, Chappelle and all that he had the Boston Comedy Club downtown yeah. and the same landlord said maybe you could try something on, on this 48th Street and 2nd Avenue location so I said okay I tried it we brought in 60 people that night and at the end of the night the Irish uh, bar uh, owner goes well you did pretty good night tonight how about another <laughs> night next week you want to do it next week I go okay no problem come next week you know before we knew it, he goes, hey, let me ask you a question. How would you like to do this on Friday night? Worst Irish brogue I have. But he says, Friday night, fine. Then we did, we added Jim Mandrinos on Wednesday nights. He did New Material Wednesdays. Chris Mazzilli uh, was my intern at the time and manager. So I forgot about that, that he interned with you. Right, and he managed. He was also a manager. We gave him third. Huh? What was it after Christmas Illy? Uh, uh, Christmas Illy. Oh, okay. He okay. did college night on Thursday oh, night. Okay, got it. So he did college night on Thursday night. All these clubs, I think, like they just invented college right. night, you know. Right, we right, were right. doing it. And uh, and then we did uh, bring one person mon- uh, Tuesdays. Oh, nice. I love <laughs> that, that was That was developed for everybody that ran out of audience members to bring, so they just bring their boy. Every week it would be the same 17 comics with their boyfriends and girlfriends sitting like this right. in the audience. Like, I've seen this shit already 17 times, you know? And then uh, Sunday was improv night, and Monday we had open mic night. 45, 50 open micers. And that was at New York Comedy Club? On 48th and 2nd. And then then what happened? You took it over and moved it? Well, what happened was, after about six months of really doing well over there, I turned around to the Irishman and I said, listen, buddy, I'm putting a lot of work into this place. I own nothing. It's your space. The only thing I have here is the phone. He goes, how about if I give you the name? 
I go, yeah, I'll do that. He goes, I can't give you New York Comedy Club for free, but I, if you pay me $10, I'll sell it to you. So I bought the New York, this is way before the internet and NewYorkComedyClub.com. So I bought the name off him for $10. Wow. We were there for almost five years. And then one day I get this eviction letter. <laughs> Apparently, I was paying the Irishman rent, but the Irishman was not paying the landlord rent. Oh, that story. Oh, that, that story. New York story. Yes. So I had to go running for another space to do continue, and that's when we found 24th and 2nd. And it was an Argentinian restaurant at night, and after they closed at 11 o'clock, that location was an after-hours bar. For years after I took over New York at 24th and 2nd, we would get tourists coming in and looking around. Like this guy was a hockey player on the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah. And he's looking around and he goes, I've been here before. And I said, yeah, it was an after-hours club. That's right. There's a side entrance to the apartment building, right? I go, yes. And that's, that was the where Emilio's office is. Yeah. Right underneath that platform, yeah. there's a charcoal stove. Really? An incredible stove, charcoal grill. In the basement? No, right on, you know, if you, if where his office up is up a platform, or, yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah. go up a, a, a platform. Yeah. Right there, between the bathroom and the showroom, in there was a, a full kitchen. Wow. Charcoal grill, hood. Oh, so it's just sort of buried. It's just we built the platform right oh, over okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. Oh my god. We wow. built the platform over it to add another twenty-five yeah. seats. We oh, had about thirty-five wow. seats. Brilliant. Yeah, and then uh, and then the city said, uh, "You have too many seats in here," <laughs> you know. And then we had to take them out, and that's a whole other story. Oh, that old story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we have <laughs> a little in, neighbor. We have a little good. neighbor across the street over there. That's a oh, real gosh. character. Crazy. A real pip, ironically. Yeah. A real pip, <laughs> exactly. So you kept doing comedy the whole time, and then you did you? I mean, I know you're still doing comedy sometimes. Very rarely, uh, because what happened is from that club. Obviously, we opened up Broadway, and then I opened up a room in Florida, a New York comedy club oh, down in Florida. The one in Florida. That was a. That's there, right. That, one. that was oh, yeah. in Boca. Uh, yeah. yeah Three hundred and fifty seats. That was a huge that's room. Huge. huge room. Oh. We had Artie Lang there, Brett Butler, Paulie Shore, uh, oh, wow. Damon Wayans, Sean Wayans, right. uh, Gilbert Godfrey. It was a really great club, but. You know, the Florida is very different than New York in terms of staffing. Yeah. You know, uh, in New York, you hire someone, as, as long as they can get to a subway, you've got plenty of employees. Right. Florida, they got to have a car to go anywhere, and some some people in Florida, Florida, a lot of times, like, there's like four types of people I find in Florida. <laughs> there's the people from the Caribbean, yeah. like, you know, uh, South American, uh, Central American, uh People from Haiti, or or old retired Jews, or rednecks. Yep. It's rednecks, old retired Jews. Where's the buffet? Yeah, yeah. Where's the four o'clock buffet? <laughs> yeah. So and, and then you have Haitians, Hispanics, and and then the rednecks, right? Oh, you know, so, so true. And that's Florida for you. And Florida is like Vegas. People that move to Florida, unless they're the senior citizens, 
usually move because they screwed up somewhere. They screwed <laughs> yeah, up in right. New York, Boston, whatever, and they were right. looking for their new start. Right. And within six months, whatever they screwed up on up north, they're now screwing up on in Florida. Same thing. Yeah, same, same story. Thing. Same story. They don't run away from it. And I learned how I learned that was when I was moving in Florida from one place to another, I couldn't find a U-Haul truck. And I asked the guy, how come I can't find a U-Haul truck? Oh, it's almost the end of the month. Everybody's skipping out on their apartments. Oh, my God. You know, down, down in Florida, they don't have, you know, rent laws. Like, if you don't pay your rent, you can stall for six months with the landlord. Oh, and yeah, in Florida, the marshal is there in two days. Yep, and they're taking bye. padlock. Goodbye. Yikes. Yep. So very transient state. But you and Carolyn still spend a lot of time in Florida, right? Well, we had an apartment for many years in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, and we realized that we only used it. We didn't use it very much. Yeah. Oh. And being on the ocean, it was very expensive to maintain that That's apartment. Insurance. Hurricane and insurance. Hurricane insurance. Yeah. The taxes were astronomical. And yeah. buildings on the ocean get beat up by the yeah, salt water. And every eight years, they had to redo yeah. the exterior, and it was an assess. It was ridiculous. Yeah. So we sold it, and we're going to buy. We're going to rebuy in Florida, but we're really concentrating on our new place right now, getting that ready. And once that's done, where are you moving? Where are you to? banking to? Fort Lee, New Jersey. Oh. Oh. Yeah, twenty minutes from here, on oh, up good. the West Side easy. Highway. Yeah, easy. Right now, from Stat, I had to move to New Jersey to be closer to Manhattan. Ah. <laughs> I was in Staten Island. Oh, yeah, it's far, right? Oh, you guys, you guys really have been far. in Staten Island this horrible, whole time? Horrible, horrible. Oh, it is a pain in the ass. An hour and 15 minutes sometimes. Yeah. Oh now, when I first moved out there, I had only New York Comedy Club. It was easy. You know, I made it in 30 minutes. But, you know, Broadway is oh, yeah, a whole yeah, other animal. Five. Another 40, it's like a 45 minutes. You know, there's always some kind of traffic on the west side. Yeah. Highway, the only, yeah. here's the driving secret to Manhattan. If you're going to drive into Manhattan one day a week, come in on Mondays. Why? No Broadway shows. Oh, right. A yeah. lot less traffic. A lot of the cab drivers take off at night, you know, because they yeah. know there's no Broadway shows. Sundays are pretty good, too. Though. Yeah, Sundays are not bad. Because you can park anywhere. Yeah, you can yeah. park anywhere. So Sundays yeah. and Mondays. Yeah. Now that my wife's retiring, I have a lot more flexibility. She's retiring? Yes. She's had it with teaching. Done. Done. She was so good, though, right? Done. Yes. One of your daughters told me that she's she a great teacher. Awards all over the walls, a, right? A great teacher. Yeah, awards all over the uh, walls, but you she's know, done. she's done. I have to say, I just started tutoring these kids, this French family, for yeah. extra money. And, uh, it's only been a week and a half. One, I they're too smart for me. So I keep having to Google the answers. I she texted me a picture. She's like, do you know how to do algebra? And I started doing algebra. I sent her a picture of what I thought it was. She's like, that's not the answer. I'm like, why are you asking what the answer is if you already know what it is? No, I wanted to know if his work was correct. Because they give them the answers. Right. They have to show if their work is correct. You know, Years ago, you'd always get into arguments with you about anything. Now, there's never arguing with anybody. Because of Google. Google it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Google it. I had a conversation with a French person the other day. <laughs> they had no idea I'm sitting here, you know, <laughs> Google translation, right? Google translation. And they said, where the hell did you learn how to speak French like that? Oh, I've been speaking like that for years. <laughs> and I did it to the Chinese restaurant. <laughs> She's my best friend now at the Chinese restaurant. Except don't pick up because when I when I order it, it's great. I can have a conversation with her. When I pick it up, then she starts talking to me in Chinese and I go, oh, no. oh, I was 
Joshua throw. <laughs> yeah, gotta go. I just need to eat my booty gum. Yes. <laughs> All right, so we have um, we have some uh, intense, not intense, but questions. We ask sure. all our guests. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all a thing you do. Yeah, yeah, it's a thing we do. Okay. Go all right, it. so uh, the first one is, what are some of the things that you find difficult in life? Telling a comedian that they're not that funny. Yeah. Really hard thing for me oh. to do. <laughs> I don't know what I expected you to say, but yeah, I would imagine that's that. That is the hardest thing because you got to do it in a way. There are some people that really enjoy that, you know. Yeah. Like Lucian at the strip. Yeah. I don't know if he enjoyed it, but he was very good at it. You know, yeah. he was just, yeah. uh, uh, you know, um, yeah. uh, you're Latino, and I have JJ Ramirez, and he's Latino. <laughs> that's you know. so true. That's totally you're Jewish. Like. You're Jewish. Oh my God. I have DF Sweetler. He's <laughs> can't have another Jew here, you know. I have uh, had Chris Rock and Eddie Murphy. Uh, blacks are done for a while. You know? <laughs> but, that, you know, he um, he was good at that, you know. I, I still can't. I guess maybe because I was a comic. Yeah. You know, and I, how much it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. You know, you're sitting there, and someone's making their whole dream yeah. about working in comedy in New York, and you're, you have the power to really destroy them, you know, that... That's something I take very, very... Oh, that's wonderful. That's yeah, a it's a hard day. thing. Yeah. I try to really make it a soft landing. Do you, is, do you ever tell people, I, I think maybe you could be funny, or it's just not my flavor of funny? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to do it uh, that you don't totally destroy their aspirations, you know? But I, I might tell them something like that. I might tell them, you know, and there you get very good feedback. I actually took Chris Murphy's <coughs> class for my very first time when I got on stage, and Al gave me my first opening joke, my Okara joke. Oh, yeah, your name I had, like, a few sentences, and he's like, you need to go further. Yeah. Go, go. further, further. Go till you're red in the face with it. And, and everybody they, loves that It builds joke. a crescendo. It's an applause break joke. Yeah. And you gave that information to me very, you know, it's like good feedback. It yeah. Like I would go here with it. Well, that is, that part I take know. very seriously. I'm like a, I'm like, I'm like a basketball player who gets just as much fun giving the assist than making the thirty foot jump shot. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I kind of you'll know, know what, what that means. Yeah. I. What does that mean? All I can picture in my head is a prayer for Owen Meek, which I don't think is the thing that you're. Have you guys read that book? No. What is it? A prayer for Owen Meany. No. Oh, okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. Okay. There's a part where he keeps picking up Owen Meany as this little tiny, he's almost <clears throat> a little person, and he keeps picking him up and having him dunk the ball. Yeah, I almost have <laughs> as much fun <laughs> helping yeah. someone yeah. write a joke. Like, it's a teamwork. It's yeah. Like, more like giving you, you the pass off. Yeah. Like yeah. Back and forth. Oh, right, and that, okay, like, I'll take something to Because... Yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's giving you it so you can score. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Or, or like, to me, it's like, um, I, I, get a, I don't get to perform as much as I used to. So when I stand outside and I've booked a show and the audience is leaving and they tell me what a great time they had, I feel I did it's a, a great, great feeling. It's a great, yeah. To me, it's a great feeling. A I mean, I wasn't a comedian on stage killing, but they enjoyed what I thought would be a funny show. And yeah. so do you, do you ever think you see something in people, but they need to work a lot harder? Of course, but you know what? We have a little bit of a, an issue with uh, entitlement. You know, comedy. Entitlement and people who want their safe spaces 
you know, you well know there's this controversy going on. I just had to deal with a comic today who has done almost all bar shows. Now, you know, there's this ongoing debate. Should I do bar shows or should I do comedy clubs? It's back and forth. And, you know, I tell people, look, you want to start in bar shows, that's fine. But at some point, you got to get away from that safe space. You know, because, you know, it's it, it, comedy is a lot more than just making a lot of your friends laugh every week, the same friends, you know? You gotta get out. You gotta yeah. leave the hen. You gotta leave the yeah. uh, nest. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of these comics I see who primarily do these bar shows, they come up into a comedy club audience, a regular audience, and it's scary. I saw a comic Saturday night. I don't, I don't know what the hell she was thinking about, you know? I mean... Who was it? No, I'm just know. kidding. <laughs> I think people forget to watch people on stage at comedy clubs because you go to a lot of bar shows and you see what you're competing against or, you know, and then you're like, oh, I'm good enough. Yeah. And then you go to a comedy club and you see professionals. Right. And you're like, they're way funnier. And right. To be realistic, like, they... Way funnier. Way funnier. You know, it's like, I, I try to tell people when they... They want to. They finally come to me, and they might be doing it three, four years, which is a reasonable amount of time to put into something. How do I crack your lineup now to be part of your lineup? And I'll tell them, well, we, we could start you with the 11 o'clock show, see how you progress and work from there, because the audiences are smaller, less pressure. And a lot of them say, well, I want to be on your 9 o'clock show. Well, <laughs> here's what you got to do. Go on my website, all right? See the comics on the 9 o'clock show, Go to YouTube or Google them. See what they're doing. Right. And when you feel you're ready, the only way you can work my 9 o'clock show is if I look at you and say, you're funnier than the guys and gals that are currently on my 9 o'clock show. you got to be funnier than them. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Okay, our next question is, yes. what is your greatest fear and why? Being broke again. Oh, really? Yeah, that's a major fear. I mean... Oh, okay. You know, it, it, Which when, would explain why you stopped doing comedy. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. Very good. <laughs> you know, i got to get you some MC spots over here. Real funny. Hey, hey, hey. Um, that's why you should invest in this snow globe. Yeah. I, actually, we have one of these in here, yeah. you know. I could have saved you the trip of slipping this big thing. <laughs> Okay. Um, but, I, yeah, being broke, that's okay. a big fear of mine. Yeah. All right, and then the last question is, have you conquered any fears? Yes. I work very hard not to be broke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, another fear I have, and this is way beyond my control, as you know, uh, I have a transgender kid, and I have a, another child that has had a, numerous mini strokes and epilepsy. And my big fears are, I fear, I, I'm nervous every night about my kid going home uh, and being picked yeah. on and bullied uh, and beat up, yeah. you know. And my other kid, I'm I, I, nervous about her passing out in the middle of the street, which she's yeah. done right. from epilepsy. Uh, so, those, you know, on another level, those are big fears. And those are fears hard for me to do anything about. No, just, I think yeah. that just comes with parenting, right? Yeah. It's, uh... That okay. That's that's something I would never do again. Be a parent. <laughs> now that now that's it. That's Over what I'm feeling. Over it. Done. 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 All right. Great. Well, you answered all the questions. Now we can move on to the fun part. Oh, okay. Our cold reading. Shauna wrote this week. Yes, our sketch. 
So we used to we used to write an ongoing story and we'd have our guest read the story, but now we've been uh, delving into the world of sketches. Okay. Which we're having a lot of yeah, we're having a lot of fun because we get to engage and I think it makes the guest more comfortable and because yeah, we're all together and doing it together and, and it's self-contained. I mean, with the story, you wouldn't know what's happening before, and so it's a little. But this is you know. So anyway, um, I'll read the uh, I'll read the whatever. Right, yeah. Okay, fictional department store, Shroomingdale's oh. Interior Day, the bed and bath department. Seriously, I can't keep working in this department. I'm so tired, and looking at all these beds all day is killing me. I need to lay down. I just, I just have to. She lays down. Um... I don't even understand why you are so tired. You literally work here 15 hours a week and you don't have another job. I have a dog and I have to smoke a lot of medical marijuana because my dead toe. So just back off, okay? God, I'm sorry. My therapist says that I need to stick up for myself more. Uh, it's okay. I'm sorry about your dead toe. Oh no, oh no, Mr. Shroomingdale is coming. Just pretend like I'm a customer. He's never met me. Good afternoon, Stephanie. I see we are enjoying the betting, Tara. Hello, Tara. Uh, I thought you said he never met you. Hello, Mr. Shroomingdale. I'm so confused. Never met? Aha! She grew up across the street from me. Are you still smoking that medical marijuana, Stephanie, for your tennis elbow? Oh, my God. Hey, Mr. Shroomingdale. I didn't realize that you... I mean, I know I'm high, but you look really different. Stephanie, get up! Well, I shaved my mustache and goatee and dyed my hair blonde. <laughs> oh, and I got glasses. We have Warby Parkers now in the glasses department. Yeah, you look great. I love the blonde hair. You look like Brad Pitt. Stephanie, get up! Oh my god, Mr. Shroomingdale, I'm so sorry. It's okay, I love it! <laughs> Stephanie, this is a great idea. Let's get you a TV. We can have a whole interactive display going. Tara, you can go up to the bakery and get some snacks. Get a variety, sweet and savory. Make sure you get ones that smell amazing to help entice people over to bedding. Um... Okay, so she's just going to lay there, eat snacks, watch TV, and that's her job right now? Do you have any idea what tennis elbow is like? Oh, she has a dead toe. Dear God, she has tennis elbow and a dead toe? Get this girl some tea, too. I only like green tea. Oh. Okay, no problem. I will get her the TV snacks, and green tea. Okay, and I'll take an egg white omelet with cheddar and bacon. No toast! You know this is a great idea. Waiting on people in the bedding department. Take a nap and get a burger. I only eat grass-fed beef. Yes, organic everything. Um, I do not understand what is happening right now. Genius is happening right now, Tara. Get your shit together. Tara, can you bring me back some tissues? I think I have a tiny bit of a runny nose. Bring her the humidifier with essential oils in it. Those brownies that someone left in the break room were amazing. I've never felt better. Did you make those brownies, Stephanie? Um, yes. Yes, I did. 
I'm just going to lay down on this other bed for a few minutes myself. I feel great, but slightly winded for some reason. Uh, okay, I will be back with all the food, TVs, humidifiers, and uh, how about some magazines? Yes, magazines! I only like reading U.S. Weekly. Great! Stephanie, I'm sure you have some preferences. Stephanie? Oh, she's sleeping. Let her rest, poor thing. Unbelievable. Un-fucking-real. That Tara needs to get the stick out of her toe. (laughs) (laughs) After after this, will anybody take my critique seriously? Hell yeah! Yeah. I uh, I uh, channeled my inner Dina. <laughs> you know, I freaked out Dina the other day. That I I, I have to tell you this. You know, uh, Dina started as David, and David was gay, loved guys, right? Gay guy. Yes. So um, years went by, and now she's come out, and now she's a woman trapped in a man's body, yeah. trans transgendering into being a woman. Mm-hmm. So I said, Dina, do you like women now, or do you like men? And she goes. Oh, Daddy, I like men. <laughs> I go, well, that makes you straight. <laughs> You're a woman who likes men. You're straight. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And straight. you know, she looked like a deer in headlights. <laughs> freaked out. I always tell this story. Well, I told Dina the story when we had her on the podcast about how she said she called you and said that she's like, oh, I'm bisexual. This is when she was still David. Yes, yes. And you were like, okay, that's fine. And she hung up the phone and then she said she called you back half an hour later and was like, no, no. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm gay. Yes. <laughs> Actually, I'm gay. <laughs> she, and you, she said that you said, I knew you were gay when you asked me for a Barbie dream house when yeah. you were five for Christmas. I right about that. <laughs> I knew she was gay way before having it. But the one thing that threw me off about a week before she did open up to me about it, we were in a diner, and our tradition was that we would work Saturday night at New York Comedy Club, and right after the uh, 10 o'clock show was seated, we'd leave. You know, we had eight and ten, so we would leave and we'd hit a diner and we'd hang out and just eat. So um, all of a sudden, there's six people walk in: three guys, three women, gorgeous women, gorgeous. My head turned, okay, <laughs> and, and Dina's head turned, David's head turned. You know, so I said to myself, "Wait a second, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's a chance here. He's not gay." <laughs> Three gorgeous women walked in, and, and, I, and I looked at them, and he looked at them. So later on, a week later, when he came out of the closet, I said, okay, I, okay, I understand the whole thing. But one question. No, last week we were in the diner. He goes, yeah, Daddy, I remember that. There were these three girls that walked in and three guys that walked in. And when the girls walked in, your head snapped and turned. He goes... Your head snapped and turned for the women. I was looking at the guys. Uh, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Good. Aww, thanks for being on the podcast. Oh, really appreciate my it. My pleasure. Loads of fun. Yay! Yes, BroadwayComedyClub.com. Do you want to plug anything else? No, that's it. Okay. Uh, our great podcast room with Anne Marie. Uh, Anne Marie. How many people call you Anne Marie? All the time. It's fine. All the time. It doesn't bother me. Just call her part time bro. Part time bro, Anne Marie. Yes. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for having me on. Gone Girls Podcast. We interview the people we 
like and try to get to the bottom of life the gone girls podcast the gone girls podcast show